Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. Uh, we have an international edition to our uh, podcast this week. We have my dear friend and brother, Dr. Jimmy Fardin Rocha from Brazil. You're in Bahia, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. It, we had a, a very good time in Brazil, and I'm glad to be here. I'm in Bahia, but... I am uh, Carioca. I, I am from Rio de Janeiro. Uh, yeah, so Carioca means that you are from Rio, right? Yes, yes, that's right. So you were just talking before and you were asking me what I thought. So that was my first time to Brazil and I got to go to Rio and Sao Paulo and I got to do some uh, local things and I got to enjoy the food. And I got to hang out with you and, and Sao Paulo. But in Rio, man, it's it just such a huge difference between Rio and Sao Paulo. Like uh, Rio to me, Rio to me seemed a lot more like California vibe. It's a little more laid yeah. back. It's beach. Well, when exactly. I say California, I mean like Southern California, LA, San Diego type. And uh, it's I got more wellness in my health. You know, you feel my, more comfortable and more invited to do something about your health. You know, well, tell me about that because all I kept hearing is about that health is part of the Brazilian constitution, right? So, what does that actually mean that health is part of the constitution? Yeah, here we have a, a, a system of unique 
of, of health, a uh, unique health system that provides uh, uh, health for everybody for free, you know. But uh, we have a lot of programs to invite people to do uh, healthy things uh, like running or, uh, I don't know, uh, walking and mar marathons. I don't know. We have uh, also nutrition uh, uh, orders or uh, signs. And every, every time in the, in, the, in the radio, you hear things and tips about health, you know, Uh, it's something very uh, usual for the for people who live in Rio de Janeiro, especially in the south area of the of Rio. It's amazing because I, I just I, I looked at it. First of all, everybody's beautiful in Rio. Yeah. Beautiful people. Everybody's in great shape. The women and the men, and everybody's always outside and doing things. And in my travels, I feel like I've been traveling for months. I went to Brazil and I came back for a few days. Went to uh, Florida. I was speaking at a at a conference called CanMed in Marco Island, which is a beautiful place. White sand beaches, Gulf of Mexico. Then I went to Orlando, Florida, which is home of Disney World. And man, I got to tell people, and and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but comparing Rio de Janeiro and the beautiful people and everybody's in shape and taking care of themselves to the amount of overweight people that are riding carts around Disney World, I was just shocked. Like, oh my God, like this is probably what they show on TV to the rest of the world to make people hate Americans that are gluttonous <laughs> and, and eat too much and don't exercise. But it just, it's, it's not that difficult to be healthy. I'm not talking about to be in the best shape, but just to be generally healthy, walk, eat right, you know, be outdoors, breathe fresh air. So you have it as part of the constitution. And when I saw Orlando, Florida, or, you know, the, I'll just call it the Disney World area, man, it was the, like, the complete yeah, opposite. Yeah, it's a shocking, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, some parts of Rio also have uh, people that don't care about their health, now. but sure. that area is something very nice, very specific, and... It, it like I said, it invites you to to do something. You know, when you see people in the, the beach running, you say, "Man, I should do something with my body." So it's 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 an invitation. You know, yeah, very and nice. Plus, and plus, you know, the weather is nice, so people want to be outside. And people yeah, want to walk. And you I, have a lot of things that make it easier. No? The the weather, the, the climate is very nice. The people also. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed my experience in the, you know, from from hiking up the mountain to hang gliding off the mountain. Man, that was just an incredible. Yeah, uh, that's experience. something that I feel very special about Rio. Also, uh, the the different things all together in the same time. You know, uh, mountains, beach, uh, trail tracks. So you can do a lot of things, waterfalls, a lot of things that you can do in your day. And looks like you spend a week, you know, making a lot of things in one day. So where did you grow up? Yeah, uh, I was actually born in Niterói. That's the, the town uh, that you can cross from Rio to the other, through the bridge, uh, Rio-Niterói bridge. But with one year old, I was, I moved to Rio. And with two years old, I moved to Hanover in Deutschland, in mm. Germany. Uh, so I, I, I lived there like 
almost two years because my father, he was a doctor, a physician, yeah. uh, and he had to make a, I don't know if it was a master or I don't know what. He went there to be two years there and the whole family came together and I did the kindergarten there. So I came back to Rio and then I entered to a German school and stayed until 18. And then I, I, I worked with a lot of things. As I was 15, I started to be a DJ. <laughs> I loved music from 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 beginning and from like two three years old because my father he loved music from uh especially rock and roll and and uh, united states and uh, uh united kingdom uh mm-hmm. rock so uh beatles he was a, a, a love he, he fell in love with beatles so he presented for us all the time so uh, michael jackson also so music was always around me and but he died when I was eight years old, eight years old, and then uh, kept only me, my mother, and my brother. He's one and a half year older than me, so we lived in Rio de Janeiro, in Flamengo, a neighborhood, until I was. Uh, so I, I worked out at DJ until until I finished uh, medical school. So like fifteen years or. 14 years, like being a DJ, doing uh, parties at night and studying in the in the day. Uh, I was also a tour guide because I, I learned German. So uh, they always uh, kept me, wanted me to, to introduce Rio to the guys that come from the ships. So I uh, practice all the time my English and my German with tour guide like a tour guide and then when i made uh, made the medical school when i entered medical school i had to uh, focus now so it takes a lot of time of us and then uh, i was a father when i was at the last year of the medical school so my daughter is now 13 years old and I did the residency, the internship, everything in orthoped- orthopedics, no? orthopedics yeah. and mm-hmm. surgery. And then I made a knee surgery specialization. And in 2017, I moved to Bahia. Uh, I had my other child no? uh, when I was at the, the last uh, year of the resident school also finishing orthopedia uh, and i'm still i lived in a town called serra grande there is a very small town and uh, it's special because it's there where i when i uh, got to know the medical cannabis uh, because cannabis i i already heard a lot and i smoke i didn't smoke but i i was uh, uh, i was also a uh, vocal of a reggae uh, band (laughs) as I was a teenager but everybody smokes but I didn't I I was a little afraid and I had some prejudice also and I had my mother she uh, dated a guy that his brother died in overdose of cocaine so I I was a little afraid of drugs I always 
was a little ahead and, and no, no, for me, it's good. People said that I, I already had my, my drugs inside. Nowadays, I know that's my anandamide I, problem. I think, I think you're the only reggae singer yeah. who didn't consume <laughs> cannabis. I think you're the only yeah. one in the world. <laughs> it, was a, it was such a thing, man. People blow in my face, <laughs> but I didn't want it. And then when I went to Serra Grande, I met some Indians, uh, Tupinambas, it's uh, a little uh, reminiscent of Indians that s- still are there in Ilhéus. Yeah, they're the indigenous people who uh, yeah, yeah. reside in, in that. Exactly, yeah, tribes, you know. Yep. Uh, they're, they're already civilized, but the, they still had some uh, rituals. Mm-hmm. Né? And I was attending in a, a big hospital there, a, a public hospital. And one Indian guy there uh, crashed. I think he fall, fell from some some place. And uh, I I was taking care of him. And his I asked him how he healed most of the the injuries he had. And he said he uses a, a little balm with cannabis. And I said, "You're kidding, right? It can be true." And, yeah, no, it's it's true. Take it's for you. Uh, see if it works then i i kept it and i uh, you i like to surf nah? so usually the the board uh, hits us and it hurts a lot and i said okay let's try the the ball and it really made me surprised you know i said dude this this is new stuff and then i started to look around and, and look for cannabis and it was still not so common here in brazil and then i started to see how could i prescript uh, how could i uh, find and then i i found uh two guys that planted uh, illegal and they made extraction and they gave me the oil and i i used it myself first and it was amazing i i had a, a very good time i have relaxed and uh, because i'm a little anxious also and worried with a lot of things and it made me pleasant it made me a peace and i said whoa now i see what those guys when i was a reggae band <laughs> felt <laughs> when we were rehearsing and then i said should it be like that or i did a, a oil with too much thc i don't know and then i started to to look around and and i found other uh, producers and i started to treat people that usually wouldn't know how, what to do anymore with pain or with knees uh, usually i i do knee surgeries uh, with arthrosis and then i started to, to do to give to people and I said, so would you try to do this because the other step is surgery so won't you try something before surgery? Oh yeah, okay, doctor, let's try. And then I I received the the feedback. So, Amazing, doctor! I'm walking again. I'm doing. I said, dude, that's that's something. And then I I realized that because in orthopedics uh, we usually do anti-inflammatory and or uh, opioid or surgery. You know, uh, ice. <laughs> we we're a little. Not, I wasn't so glad with the options that I had. So that uh, turned around the medical medicine for me, you know. Also the the look 
that I had to the patient was much more uh, complete than only the orthopedic look that was so objective, you know. And then I started to study uh, a lot about also uh, the mind, the the psych, everything that comes around with a with a pain or or with a uh, not homeostatic uh, mm -hmm. uh, person uh, when when it's ill or something. And it changed all my life <laughs> with with uh, the the new medicine that I was uh, doing. And so I started to to do the the this uh, medicine in the athletes that I used to 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 take care of. Mm -hmm. And they got uh, very nice uh, feedbacks. They they said, "Man, my recovery is such much more better than than any thing that I ever used." And I said, "Yes, it has some properties that uh, makes me you feel better because." An athlete is a infl inflammated uh, guy in a uh, body because yeah. he he keeps uh, doing harm for himself all the time, especially the the high uh, athletes, mm -hmm. na, the endurance na, and, mm -hmm. and the Olympics and Paralympics that I used to to uh, take care of and orient. Na. So they they were amazed. And then I, I stepped off in this THC thing, doping, and I said, whoa, here we have to be careful because I don't know how it works. And, and nowadays, uh, it's, it's much more, we have much more uh, options. Nah? Uh, when I started to prescribe, we couldn't import. So we, we, we had only the artisanal, nah? the, the, the handmade stuff. Yeah. And we didn't know what was inside. So nowadays we have importation, so we can choose better the oil that we we give to the, the patient now or the athlete. And and uh, when I got to know the end of DNA uh, test, I was my mind blown. I was amazed. I said, "Are you kidding? I, I that's something that I always thought about a test that would give me." uh the the result or the metabolism or the 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 path that i they could go with my athlete to see if i can uh i don't know uh start to give to uh, take it out 30 days or seven days or 15 days right. before the competition you know and the, the dna helped me a lot with that my confidence to to say to the the the, the participant not to say no because of your test i know you can be like 15 days uh, before the competition it's okay you won't be uh, accused in the doping so it helps me a lot i did mine also and i discovered that i am very weak to thc <laughs> I, unfortunately when i went to uruguay in the expo uruguay i i tasted a uh, brownie Man, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was paranoid, so I already knew that the THC wasn't with so much good for me. So, in the tests, uh, also uh, gave me the the the, the results that I was expecting. But it's Valid amazing for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just going back to your story, uh, okay. you're you're talking about your dad passing away when you were eight. I, I mean, that's such a yeah, I couldn't even imagine the impact on a kid, especially having a good relation with their their father. 
maybe you can talk about a little bit how that impacted you and your desire to be a doctor. Was that something that you know motivated you to go follow in his footsteps? Well, thank thank you for the question, and I I still uh, uh, treat this or. Uh, talk about this in my my with my shrink né, also yeah. <laughs> because nowadays i am a father so uh it was very very hard for us because uh he was a, a very uh very present very nice guy né? although when he was when i was seven he had to move to salvador uh, the funny thing uh, of, of life né? now i'm living here and I just a few days ago I went to the place where he he was killed. Uh, he he died. Né? Uh, what happened? He he was a doctor, né? and he wanted to. He was a uh, from the marine, né? and he had to to come to Salvador to uh, how do you say when you change the patent? I don't know when you are a coronel and you go to I don't know. Uh, you're a lieutenant. You have to go to captain. You know. You yeah, he was a... promoted. He was promoted, yeah, promoted to the next rank. Exactly. Next rank. Yeah. And he had to be here like for one year. And then I, uh, after like twenty years, I my mother said that he fell in love with a lady there, and so what. And he probably wasn't going to come back. I don't know how would that be. But he started to uh, dive. Nah. And then uh, he was affectionated to diving stuff, and he he uh, he dived in a day in Salvador. There is uh, Yemanja day. It's it's a mess in 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 front of the 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 beach, mm-hmm. and a lot of boats come and go doing uh, like offerings. To the sea and stuff, and one of these boats, he was diving, uh, beated him, uh, uh, beating in his head, and chopped off his leg, and then he died in hemorrhagia and uh, lost a lot of blood. Uh, they couldn't; it, it was too messy. A lot of people in the street. He couldn't go with the car and uh, the, the guys that were helping him, and then he died. It was very shocking because. Uh, my mother was very close from him, and she. I, I remember still yesterday receiving the telephone, the the, the phone ringing, and I said, "I think my father died." I I told I, I I told that I, I speak that without knowing anything, and she said, "Are you crazy? Come on!" And she took the phone. It it was real. I I realized it after a lot of time later that I felt, I felt that something went wrong, intuition, I don't know. Nowadays I am uh, working my intuition very much more. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a life-changing also uh, for a little guy with eight years. I remember that I was a very shy guy. And after that, I was like, uh, I wanted to make part of it. I wanted to be... Uh, uh, I don't know how to say uh, to be uh, loved, you know. So I was a, a guy that was very uh, extravagant, very yeah. uh, friend of everybody, you know. Yeah, you're I, out, outgoing. You're yeah, yeah. Outgoing. I changed a lot from a shy, shy guy to a, a different person. That was my. I think nowadays I know it was my defense of what happened, but. Uh, I, I didn't realize that I was 
or I wanted, I never wanted to be a doctor. I think I went to medical school because in a certain way I wanted to treat myself and then to treat others, you know. First I was, uh, I, 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 I always liked to be uh, dealing with persons, né? but I think healing myself was something that I always wanted. And then to heal the others, it's better to heal yourself first. So that was something that I realized. And I, because I did uh, physiotherapy uh, school, né? two years, where I met my, my wife. And then I, I get out and do medical school. So it was something also uh, different because usually you do uh, the university and go until the end. And I was 23 years old and I said, no, this is not working for me. I think I have, I have to be more specific, more uh, the health. It's more for me. So I did medical school and he, what was, was it? always did i don't know if he influenced me in a certain way or i don't know but Maybe i feel subconsciously all the time all the time i feel him here uh in my mind in my thoughts why was why orthopedic uh, like was there a reason why because you were doing physical therapy and you liked the you know yeah i liked a lot the anatomy nah? yeah. anatomy so when i studied anatomy i was affectionated with that to to got to know uh, how the body works, how the muscle works and the, the tiny uh, pieces of it, how it's managed. So this, when I went to medical school, you, you see only a uh, few things about everything, you know, you don't get deeper. So when I went to, when I was in physical therapy, I, I went deep in anatomy. And when I went to medical school, it was so, so superficial that I said, no, dude, we can study much more from anatomy. And my, my colleagues said, we don't have time. We have to study the other things that, no, man, I, I want this. So I wanted to, to heal. I, and I didn't want to have any uh, limits. Like if you do gynecology, you do only with, you attend only female, uh, urology, only male, uh, pediatrician, only child. I wanted to, to deal with everybody, every uh, age and no gender, you know, and something that I was predicting, I don't know. Uh, I wanted to do something that I didn't uh, need to be in a big city. If I went to a small city, I could be also that guy that also uh, still uh, deal with uh, heal and uh, deal with persons. So orthopedics, I found good, and it, it was very objective. Also, I didn't want to do something that I kept, I don't know, giving medicine, and the yeah. guy never gets healed. Uh, neurology or or cardiology, and this didn't make me feel very pleasant. So orthopedics. The guy broke. I fix it, and he goes. Well, I love your passion for it too, because I I remember when we were in that uh, in that club where they were playing live band, which was amazing. But you were talking about your favorite surgery was elbow surgery, if I remember. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Because <laughs> you love to take it apart and see all the pieces. I mean, like 
that passion. You, yeah. you talk to you know a general person off the street, like, oh, you got to <laughs> take it out. I don't want to even think about it. But you were so passionate, and it was a, uh, it was very inspirational to hear somebody who loves so much what they do with that much passion about you know dissecting an elbow and putting it together and looking at all the little pieces. Uh, it made total sense to me, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. And surgery is one of my passions. Yeah, I love surgery. The the climate, the 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 place is amazing. I, so, how did you get involved working first of all with professional athletes and then also Olympics and Paralympics? How did you get involved in that? Yeah, actually, uh, I worked uh, in in Rio de Janeiro with a guy that he used to operate a lot of athletes uh, and we we share uh, cons- uh, the clinic he, he actually he he how do you say uh, i was a little uh, i i wanted to work with him so I, one day i knocked at his door and said dude do you have any time that i can uh, attend here and said you you're a guy that are, i don't know you're gonna get far <laughs> come you you can you can do here one one hour, and I said I, I can't pay. I'm sorry if if it's possible I do one hour of attendance and I go away. No no no, you can do one morning here. It's fine. I like I liked you. I liked you. And so he uh, Alexandre, uh, he he's a nice guy. He he also he was a president of a, 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 a soccer club here also in. in in Rio de Janeiro, and he dealt a lot with athletes, and so I, I started to to uh, live in this uh, world of athletes. So, in the Olympic Games in 2016, uh, mm-hmm. I was the only guy that talked German in the hospital. In uh, the hospital was a reference for the the athletes that get hurt, and for the I don't know synchronicity of life a lot of german guys uh, get get ill or broke and called me uh, so i was there and people uh, liked me and started to invite me to uh, treat another guy that was wasn't nothing to do with german but was english and so what so i people started to know my name because jimmy is, is not a, a regular uh, brazilian name so it's different and at that time, I, I was very, uh, I don't know, uh, solicited uh, yeah. people also. Uh, and it was good. So I started there in 2015, 16 to deal with a lot of athletes. And it was good. I, I yeah. liked it a lot. Yeah, you, you became in demand and known yeah. for your skills. When we talked, you mentioned one thing to me that really uh, stood out. You said that athletes... Uh, go through a lot of anxiety and stress. So cannabis, you know, CBD can actually alleviate their level of stress so they can perform better. It sort of makes sense because they would be more in flow state instead of thinking in advance of, oh, I'm going to, I have to compete. And it really creates a lot of stress, which hinders their performance. So it makes sense. And and this is controversial and you don't have to, uh, you know, you can give your opinion or not, but uh, this whole water thing with anti-doping with cannabis, and I understand performance enhancing drugs. I understand that. 
And it yes. makes sense that you want to limit the performance enhancing drugs. But I could never understand what performance enhancing cannabis has. What are the properties of performance enhancing? Because if you're going to take something that's an herb or this natural substance or anything that is going to allow you to be more calm, more present, you will probably perform better. And also, if you're going to take something that is natural, plant-derived, whatever, that's going to allow you to recover faster from inflammation, as you mentioned, I'm not quite sure how it ends up being. I don't think anybody ever smoked a joint and said, oh man, I'm going to run faster now. It never made any sense. So where do you think that comes from, this this whole notion of cannabis being a, a performance-enhancing substance or banned substance? Yeah, that's a one million question, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I also, I agree with you. I don't think it's enhanced the performance. I think uh, it makes the, the athlete uh, optimize what he is able to do. You know, it doesn't enhance what we was able to do because they usually are in so much pressure and so much, uh, I don't know, the sponsor and anxiety before the, the competition be- that they don't perform what they are able to do, you know? So if you do something, if you take something that uh, equalize or make your balance right, you would perform like you should, you know? So not, uh, it, it, you wouldn't be... Um, affected by the the anxiety or the insomnia that it comes before the 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 games you know so i agree with you and i think much much of the time is something uh interesting i don't know industry or some something like that it's got to be it's got to be something that has to do with the financial interest of lobby groups that are against this because you know, they talk, I'm not a professional athlete, but you know, when I played any sort of sports or did anything, they talk about it being a lot of mental game, you know, more than half of it is mental game. So if you can, as you said, equalize that, make everybody put them on equal plane and then be able to perform physically, I think you'll have a lot better performances from people and to be able to ban a substance that actually has no there's no evidence of it being a performing in performance enhancing substance. So it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And if you think like that, you do meditation or yoga would be a, a not something that enhances your performance, you know? Right. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's something that just regulates you, just gives you the homeostasis, no? the balance that you need because you are, the athletes are, Oftenly uh, off balance. Now they are always in stressful uh, uh, days. Uh, every time they are stressing themselves, so they keep uh, uh, out of balance all the time. So that's why we we have to be uh, very close, especially when they are coming to a competition with nutrition and uh, good good uh, uh, sleep. You know, uh, mind. Now, the the psychologists have to make them very calm because, you know, in twenty seconds a guy has to decide four years of practice. You know, uh, yeah. a swimmer. 
you know. He he, he swims 20 seconds in a in a pool and he he was four years practicing for that, you know. And when he loses, my God, they they there uh, there's a funny thing. Uh, one one time uh, someone asked an uh, athlete if they could take a pill that makes him uh, champion in the next day and the other day he will die. Would they take the pill? 80% said they would. Wow. So their mind is set in the result, you know. And nowadays, the, the athletes, the, the high performance is resulting. It's not more health, you know. So uh, they are fixing it because a sponsor, uh, pressure, everything makes them, uh, since they are very young, to be like that. Uh, some athletes don't even like to play what they play, you know, but they are conditioned from very young to be the, the guy, you know, so imagine his mind, how it, how it does. Now. It's very complicated. So I think sometimes, uh, most of the time, cannabis helps, you know, it makes him pleasant, makes him feel uh, inside, you know, look inside, because usually they are looking outside a lot. And yeah, and I think when people, when people, think too much about what they do they get prone to injury a lot more too so yeah. if, a, if a player is actually thinking and uh, trying to you know hey i'm gonna be careful or you start getting out of your flow state you're yeah. much prone to injury uh, and which is good for you because problem. you can take you can make more money and take care of more people that way but yeah. <laughs> you know it's probably not good for the fans who see their athlete who trained so hard you know go ahead and go yeah. out there and get injured and fans. cannabis has a lot of uh recovery uh, uh, not, uh stuff uh, how to say uh, uh forgot there's the a lot of elements in, elements. in cannabis that help exactly. yeah that yeah. help uh, people recover faster and and also to predict, uh, uh, to avoid uh, lesions, to avoid illness, to avoid uh, concussion, concussion. There are yeah. a lot of, of uh, sports. It's neuro neuroprotectant exactly. for concussion and all that stuff. That's You're absolutely right. right. In, in professional sports in Brazil, in any, besides Olympic water sports, what's the, what's the, First of all, what is the legalities around the use of uh, CBD? And then what is the mindset of different clubs and different sports? Are they pro? Are they still considering it? Or is it like, no? Yeah. No, Usually they are not uh, comfortable nah? yeah. because they are still afraid of the doping. Nah? And they don't know if, if they can trust the, the oil or the stuff that we gave we give them. So it's very hard, especially uh, soccer, uh, basketball. It's very hard because the athlete, in his mind, he can't use anything that uh, can possibility that, uh, to give a, a, a positive test. So when I say, hey, let's try to use CBD. No, 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 I can't do it. No, 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 CBD is good. Only CBD isolate. No, no, I, I can't use it. My sponsor won't, won't be uh, comfortable me doing uh, cannabis. Said, Dude, you know, it's hard. It's still hard. But I'm trying to, to enter yeah. and some clubs and stuff. But still, it's uh, very uh, prejudiced, you know. Well, we'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you formulations 
with 0% THC. And I'll make sure and send it out to several labs. I've done several uh, you know, high-level studies. It, there is no metabolite that shows up in the blood for uh, 11-oxyhydroxide, which that's, is the metabolite of THC from CBD. It doesn't convert. Uh, yeah, what we could do is because uh, in MMA, you know, the multiple mar- martial arts, yeah, it's allowed. Now UFC also is yep. allowed. So I have a lot of athletes that do fighting, and they can do it. They can use it with THC. Yeah. So it would be nice to make a study, uh, seeing how it works and the the metabolites, now the active metabolites, if they appear in a in a test, you know, it would be nice to do a, a test like that and to prove to the other clubs and other sports that it's safe. You know. Yeah, well, we can we can definitely send some formulations, and you can draw some blood and see if it metabolizes. But I think we were mentioning that the the testing is really expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. It's only one place that does it, and but it's manageable. We we yeah. can. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think, think there's a business good. opportunity for us to open up a lab in Brazil. Yeah. Oh, money that's, that way nice. Too. that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, so. Uh, all right, we'll we'll do it. Uh, all right. So your your name Jimmy. Uh, is it uh were you named after Jimmy Page? Yes, yes. My father, as I said, uh, he loved uh, British uh, bands and Led Zeppelin, uh, uh, Rolling Stones, uh, Beatles. So Jimmy Page and Jimmy at, at the time was a, a name that was very. Uh, Common in, in, in especially in the United States because Jimmy Carter was uh, the president. In right. I, I I I was born in '82, and that name was always in my house. My mother said, nah. but my mother didn't really didn't know that he was putting this name on me uh, when <laughs> she was <laughs> she got she would labor there, and she he went to register and said, look. Our name is Jimmy. Our, our son is Jimmy. And she said, what? It's not even a Brazilian name. And said, yeah, because my 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 brother is Danny. Because uh, of a uh, 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 cartoon that has here the Danny guy. And my father loved him. So after I uh, made, when I started to uh, study about cannabis, I searched for the history of my father, what he did uh, in the last days of his life. And I discovered for the synchronicity that he was uh, uh, studying mushrooms, uh, cannabis, uh, how to say, uh, ayahuasca. Yeah, plant medicines. He he wanted the psychedelics, you know, He, he was studying psychedelics in 1991. Here in Brazil, so uh, then I I, I found some uh, register from him, craziness. He, he 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 tried all the drugs that you can imagine. He was a guy af- ahead of his time, you know. And I I I play that in in certain way. He he put the cannabis in my my life because he's influencing me. I don't know how. I think it's amazing. I I just yeah. think like Brazil, you know, having 
to me, it's sort of the center of plant medicine in the world. Yeah. There's so much in the Amazon that still hasn't even been discovered yet that yeah, indigenous yeah. people use right now. If you go out and yeah, they'll give you leaves, they'll give you herbs that are not present. And, and we need to start incorporating that into exactly. treatment instead of, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big anti-pharmaceutical uh, guy. I believe there's a place for everything. And if they're, but if they think about it, pharmaceutical industry and just general public should understand that almost every single substance came from a plant exactly. was synthesized yeah. to this molecular formulation and scale because they just said, we can't grow this tree yeah. that grows in a little thing in, in the Amazon. But this is an opportunity for us to come together and say, let's allow our minds to open and say, there's substances here that can actually help us in uh, people as individuals. And then if pharmaceutical industry wants to get involved and replicate that, I know I personally don't have any issue with that, but allow us to work together and figure these things out. Because a lot of these medications, we don't know. And you're not allowing us to do even research on these uh, Exactly. These totally agree. Totally agree. But unfortunately, you have interest on that now. industry, in this interest, uh, politics. So mm-hmm. Here in Brazil, it's, it's hard. We are trying, we're giving some steps, some good steps, but still, it's way ahead of what we could do, you know. Makes sense. All right, so I'm going to ask you some questions to ask all my guests. I think you already answered uh, the first question, but uh, I'll ask it anyway, so if people forgot. Please describe your first experience with cannabis. Yeah, my first experience with cannabis, uh, as I said, I was a, a reggae singer, nah? but I never proved. But when I did 25 years old, the, the guys were all in my house and I said, okay, give me this stuff. Let's see what we can do with that. And it was a shocking. And what? You're going to smoke? Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me, give me. So, but I didn't, I I, I don't know how to smoke. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do <laughs> Inhale. So, right. Yeah. So it didn't didn't work for me. I I was yeah. What's that? So nothing, nothing. And people were very sad <laughs> because they were expecting <laughs> that I was going to be more crazy than I already would. But then when I went to Uruguay, I tasted this brownie, and that was a, a if you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, my God. <laughs> All right. So. uh for the next year, you have five albums that you can only listen to, only five. What albums would they be? Now, you don't have to remember the name of the album. It can just be like the artist and whatever. Oh, okay. whatever. And it, it, so it, that's fine. And, and I'm going to preface this because I, I know it changes all the time. So uh-huh. it could be. So whatever comes to mind now, five albums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... One of my favorite albums that I hear a lot is the Right Here, Right Now from Van Halen. I love the... the uh, Van Halen for me is one of my, my best uh, rock bands. Uh, anything from Pearl Jam, I love too. Um, Dio, I like Dio a lot. I don't remember the album. I think it was Rainbow or something. I don't know. Rainbow in the Dark, yeah. Yeah, it's... Amazing. The, the voice of Dio is something that I, I like so much. 
is this talking about uh, uh, because I hear a lot of uh, American and, and uh, not Brazilian songs, right? Uh, bands, uh, but it's hard, man. Five. <laughs> uh, Eric Clapton, that's a guy that I'm. Uh, if you, uh, I, I don't have any tattoos, but I almost made uh, a Fender that he used to play uh, a Satokatis Fender. I almost yeah. did it, but I didn't have the courage yet. I think <laughs> when he dies, I'm gonna do something with a slow hand. I don't know. Yeah. Eric Clapton for me is one guy that's that's it's amazing. I mean, uh, uh, rock and roll, Metallica. Also, I went to all of. I think all of the shows that they made here in Brazil, I was there in the yeah. front row. Metallica too. Master of Puppets. Cool. Uh, well, that was five. That's it. You got yeah, five. yeah, five. Yeah, and <laughs> much more. I have to. In yeah, I'm sure. Also, I mean, yeah, Rolling Stone. I don't know. I was in the show here in Rolling Stones in 2002, 2006 in Copacabana Beach. It was amazing. Two million persons. Wow. Was yeah. I just went to Rolling Stones uh, last year. I think it was uh, at SoFi with. I think it was like. 78,000 people, but yeah, yeah, I was so close to Mick Jagger, I could reach out and, and, and grab him. <laughs> oh, 80 years old, performance is amazing. something amazing! It's amazing, yeah, I agree. Well, what was the first concert that you ever attended? Do you remember the first concert in my life? Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, Brazilian, uh, it was a mixed up of a lot of Brazilian bands. It was very nice, man. It was Barão Vermelho, a, a very nice. Brazilian, uh, uh, they are not together anymore, but Barão Vermelho is good. Uh, Paralamas do Sucesso was also, Herbert Viana was a very good uh, player, guitar player. And Titans is also a group that I love a lot. They are getting back together for one show, uh, I think, nowadays. Uh, but they are split out also. But it, it was very nice. I was like, 13 years old, I mean, 12, I don't remember, but it was very good. Cool. So what has cannabis meant in your life? Uh, it was a life-changing, man. Uh, not for using, but for using my patients and also using with me also, but not smoking. Huh? I use also the oil, only the oil. But it, it changed the way I saw medicine, you know, my my medicine changed a lot. My way to to make a, a, a an amnesia from the the patient, the look that I looked for the patient, it changed a lot, and it keep changing uh, when when I study and I see anything about uh, cannabis, still changing a lot. Keep okay. surprising me anytime. Yeah, I, I love that because, you know, I, I deal with a lot of healthcare professionals. Their their mind is closed. Uh -huh. And I even talk about DNA with doctors and they don't understand. And they're like, what is DNA? It doesn't matter. You, It's too early. It's too soon. We don't know. Uh -huh. I'm like, well, what do you do now? And it's traditional medicine that was done, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And I think having a mindset of a learning mindset you're always open to new information. I think that says something about you as a as a healthcare professional. So it's uh, it's definitely saying a lot. Exactly, and I, I was always uh, uh, 
I, I, I'm very curious guy. So when I was in, in school, I did a, a DNA stuff there that was extra class. I, I always loved this stuff of laboratory and, and medicine, but I didn't know I was working with that. You know, nowadays, some of those experience, uh, I keep, I use uh, nowadays. Sure. Nice. All right. So bonus question. Uh, please describe what your room looked like growing up. <laughs> My room. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I shared with my brother. Yeah. We had a, how do you say it? It's a bunk, bunk bed. Bunk, bunk, bunk bed. bed yeah. yeah. But it wasn't one uh, uh, over the other. It was like an L shape. So when I, <laughs> my, my, my bed was uh, the upper, upper one. And why, when I jumped, I, <laughs> I fell over him. So usually we fight a lot and, and we, we do that. But uh, the, the wall was with wallpaper. I, I remember that very, very nice. It was with a wallpaper with boats and stuff like that, like 10 years old. <laughs> and one day we looked at each other and said, dude, are you tired from these boats? And like, we're almost 16, 17, doesn't have to do anymore. Hey, we can do a party and let people graffiti and stuff. Yeah, let's do it. So we asked our mother and said, can we do a party here in, in our room? So, ah, okay. And every guy that entered, we gave them a, a, a pilot, a, a something to, to, to draw. Yeah, Mark. Dude, it was uh, the party. Well, our room <laughs> was all filled of paintings and stuff. It was very nice. My, my mother went crazy, but at least it was a wallpaper. So she got out and was everything nice. But it was a memoir. Memo this memory was very nice from my room, <laughs> all painted. And it stayed like that like two years until we got out. The, the wallpaper was nice. I love it, man. That's so awesome. we, we did a lot of uh, band also uh, names. Nah? Uh, we, we wrote a lot of band names and put posters. It was very nice. Super cool. Yeah. What, what posters do you remember what you had? Usually we we did posters of surfing because me and my ah. brother we we liked uh, to surf a lot and usually it was about wave or something like that. But I remember I put a, a Bon Jovi a, a Bon Jovi poster and my brother looked at me and said, "Dude, I don't know if this it's, it's, it's not heavy enough, man. Yeah. Bon Jovi, said, come on, dude, the guy is nice, man. Bon Jovi, come on." And said, oh, Okay, let, let it there. And then I, I, I got a girlfriend that she loved Bon Jovi and said, see, that's, <laughs> that <helps>. that's good. <laughs> bon Jovi, uh, learn me something. <laughs> was cool. nice. Jimmy, where can people uh, find out more about what you do and contact you, whatever else you want to share with, uh, with okay, the Okay, uh, I have a, a site. Now. How do you say a site? Yeah, website. Uh, website is www orthopediacanabica.com.br Ortopedia Canabica is cannabic orthopedics né? Uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fardin is also my Instagram né? Mm -hmm. J-I-M-M-Y F-A-R-T-I-N Yeah and, that, and you were mentioning that's Italian, right? Yes, yes Fardin, Fardin. Got it. My grand-grandmother was Italian 
I, I nowadays I have uh, nationality, né? Italian uh, and Brazilian. And yeah, and in Instagram also, Ortopedia Canabica, you can find me. Uh, um, and here in Bahia, presential, if, if, if one wants to visit here, the, the office here, the consultorio, the, the uh, clinic, I nowadays I'm here right now. So it's in Lauro de Freitas. It's near Salvador. That is the, the, the main city from uh, Bahia. Uh, yeah. It's 10 kilometers from there, five miles from here. Well, I really appreciate your time, brother. Come to LA. We'll hang well, out. And I'll be in Brazil. Thanks, thanks a lot. Next uh, time. I will. Uh, for sure. I will. That's something I want to do. I went already one time when I was was our honeymoon we, we made in California, Big Sur and San, San Francisco. It was very nice and I want to go back. And cool, man. very pleasant to have a nice time with you there. Thanks for the invitation not once again. And whenever you come into Brazil, come to Bahia, you have, we here, pleasant to receive you. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachix Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.